Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You're listening to NBC Sports Philadelphia. Ruben Frank. Sixth most in NFL history. Ruben knows. The first quarterback in NFL history. Best rating 100 or higher. Each of his best seven history. The podcast. Now, here's Ruben Frank. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the special edition of the Rube Knows and Eagle Eye podcast. I'm Ruben Frank with Derek Gunn, presented by Deborah Heart and Lung Center. If it's your heart, demand Deborah. Visit demanddeborah.org. And we are at the first energy stadium immediately after the Eagles. Gunnar, I'm going to call it a 7-5 to five win over the Browns because Rashard Davis, that touchdown should not have been overturned. The Eagles won. What? That win, was not a touchdown. Win the game. That was a touchdown. Eagles win oh, the game 7-5. Officially, you want to say Browns won at 5 nothing. You can do that if you want. Uh, but in all seriousness, I mean, the big takeaway out of that game is where is Nick Foles right now and what's your confidence level in the Super Bowl MVP? He's been shaky throughout the preseason, Gunnar. You know what? Um, I, and I know a lot of people are now a little jittery because your franchise quarterback has not been given medical clearance yet. They're not seeing the Nick Foles who made the playoff run and who had a phenomenal game in the Super Bowl. Um, I'm a little surprised that Nick Foles was a little crisper, a little sharper in a lot of ways. Didn't get rid of the ball. More so, I thought he took some unnecessary hits that he didn't have to take. Uh, served up a couple of picks. He underthrew. I understand he got hit. Underthrew one deep ball to Mike Wallace. Um, I'm a little surprised by Nick Foles' performance. But then again, when you look at the volume of players who, not, who are not in the lineup tonight, you get your first two wide receivers, your uh, future Hall of Fame left tackle, uh, your top three running backs, um, not in this game tonight. I'm not surprised it was rusty overall. A little surprised, though, in Nick Foles' overall play. Let's listen to Nick Foles postgame in the very room, in the very spot that we are sitting in right now. You know, I'm just making mistakes. I don't, I have to go look at the film. Um, you know, for me, it's just getting back into rhythm, um, playing ball. Uh, we had an opportunity to win the day. That's on me. Um, I made too many mistakes at critical times that hurt us as a team. So if I, you know, I clean that up, we win this game. But I thought the Browns, you know, they, they played really hard. Um, they, you know, they're improving that team. Uh, you can tell how they're flying around and what they're doing. Um, you know, they played real well, obviously. Um, but yeah, I got to, you know, continue to keep working. So Nick says, you know, he's uh, he's really disappointed in himself, and he expects more from himself, and that's what you want to hear. Uh, ideally, he won't have to play against the Falcons in two weeks. Uh, Carson Wentz had a great workout before the game. He looks really, really good. I still think he's going to get cleared. I don't know. What's your... I agree with you. I've said that time and time again. I know they're being exceedingly cautious with him, and you were talking about his uh, workout before the game today. He did an extensive workout for about 30 minutes, and then he shut it down for a little while, and he went back and did another workout as well. The initial workout, what I noticed most was he was inside the 10-yard line working with the trainers and stuff, and, and the coaches were looking on. And he was doing a, a routine where he would plant on his front foot and twist real quick. Uh, I guess they're trying to see with the flexibility in that thing and how the knee brace is holding up against it. And I thought that was interesting. He wasn't throwing a football. He, was, he constantly did this drill over and over again. Now, he didn't do this in New England last week. 
So to me, that's a significant sign that he's that much further along and that much closer to being that opening day starter. He looks he looked good out there. Yes, he did. I mean, he did not look like a guy who won't be ready. I mean, I I can't read his MRI. I, I don't know what's gonna you know come up on a on a magnetic resonance imaging screen. <laughs> But say that fast three times. No, but he he looked amazing. And the one thing about Foles that we you know we we got to mention it wasn't just him. No, uh, I mean no. there's the the O line was was bad. Uh, Kelsey came out for a little while, went back in. Big V struggling big time. He's little V gun. Yeah, start, little V. No start question calling about him little V. Uh, you know nobody on the O line had a, had a good game. The running back struggled early. Uh, the receivers weren't really getting open. You know, you're out there without Aguilar, without Alshon, uh, and well, you know, without Marcus Wheaton, you know, cast of thousands. Um, so, you know, that's something Doug Peterson mentioned that it's uh, Nick was not good, but it wasn't just Nick. At this point in the offense, I don't want to single out one one player, so don't put this all on Nick. Uh, I'm disappointed in the offense, um, and and it's not what you want, obviously, in the third preseason week. Um, you know, listen, it's one of those things where we still keeping things very very vanilla and we still want to evaluate and make sure you know we're doing uh we got the right guys in the right spots uh but uh you know now now we turn our attention uh, obviously we got one more preseason game and then and then turn our attention to to atlanta and week one all right Rube, here's the thing about the offense that really gets me i had mentioned the fact that uh, they didn't have their pro bowl future hall of fame left tackle but you did have the other four guys in there um, you allowed Nick Foles to get uh, hit way more than he should have. And I understand um, that you're working on some things. You've got to work on the continuity. You're working on the time and probably working on different schemes as well to add to the overall playbook repertoire as you're, you're another year further along in Doug Peterson's offense. But that's unacceptable. Yes, it is a preseason game. But the offensive line in general, general, you talked about how bad it played. Seven sacks given up in this game tonight. The turnovers were atrocious. Um, the running backs outside of Matt Jones, I'm sorry, outside of Wendell Smallwood, I thought Wendell Smallwood uh, took another significant step in terms of solidifying that fourth spot in the running back rotation. Um, but other than that, not a lot of positives from this offense in this game. No, Sheldon Gibson caught a ball. DeAndre Carter, a couple of guys we'll yep. talk about in a minute. Uh, the defense, on the other hand, Gunner, you can't ask for any more. Uh, the, the Browns scored five points, two on a safety, so that, that doesn't go on the defense. Three came on a 54-yard field goal after the defense yeah. held yeah. them to minus one yard on the drive. Sure. Uh, they gave up a couple runs early. They lost contain on a couple runs. Then they had a great goal line stand at the one-yard line, didn't allow a point on that. Uh, I thought the defense looked really good. They looked fast. They looked physical. They looked uh, athletic. I, I liked the way they were moving around. I thought Chris Long was a beast tonight. Uh, a lot of good. I, th- I thought the corners, especially on that goal line stand, were, were terrific in yes. their coverage. Uh, Fletcher was a beast out there. He, he came out of the game, but he's fine. Uh, your, your takeaway on the defense? I was surprised that Jim Schwartz blitzed as much as he did especially the first-team defense. I mean, he really came after Tyrod Taylor. And when he went down uh, for a while with an injury, they really got after Baker Mayfield. So that surprised me a little bit. When I asked uh, Jalen Mills after the game if he was uh, satisfied with the way the defense played, Malcolm Jenkins, whose locker was right next to him, yelled out, hell no. And that tells me the mindset of what this defense wants to continue to be. And... Jalen Mills told me basically it's either good or bad. It's not in between, and we felt we didn't play good enough tonight. 
Yeah, we pitched a touchdown shutout, but we can play a lot better. I like the mindset of the where the defense is right now. Yeah, I, I'm with you. And I, I was talking to Jordan Hicks, and uh, I tried to get him to say nice things about the defense, and he said, <laughs> hey, we got outplayed as a defense. The Browns shut us out. Uh, they didn't give up a point. We gave up three points. I said, well, Jordan, he gave up three points, but they gained minus one yard on the drive. He said, right. I don't care. We right. gave up three points. We should have gotten a turnover there. And uh, I like that. I like that approach. That yes. means, I mean, the, the bar is raised really high. And uh, when, when you do that, good things happen. No question about it. If you're going to be a top-notch defense, you have to have that mindset every practice, every preseason game. And it can't just be the frontliners because you're going to lose players along the way. You have to instill that mindset from the first guy on that defense to the very last guy on that defense because you don't know when you're going to have to get in there. You cannot afford to have, I would say, mental. the mental aspect of the game to me is much bigger than the physical aspect of the game, especially when you're in the fourth quarter, you're dog tired, um, and a lot of times, Players will let their minds wander for a moment, and sometimes that when it can cost. That's when it can cost you. But to establish that type of mindset, and this is what they've talked about from day one when training camp started. If you consistently keep that going, um, you're gonna you're gonna get beat on some plays. That's just the way it is. You're gonna get beat on some plays. But if you come back with that dog mentality, you're gonna win many more dog fights than you lose. Two dog metaphors in one quote. You like that? No, that's too many dog metaphors. Too, too many? Next time I'll throw you a bone. But I'm bumping. Very good. Uh, coming up, Gunnar and I will talk about what players helped themselves tonight and what players may have hurt themselves. Uh, that's coming up after this health tip from Deborah Hart and Lung Center. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. This is Rube Knows, the podcast. Welcome back to Rube Knows slash Eagle Eye Double Twin Gunner Rube podcast. <laughs> let's, let's jump right back into it, Gunner. Um, Wendell Smallwood, you mentioned a, a moment ago in the running backs. I thought Josh Adams had a couple of nice runs later against the threes. Sure. Uh, but I like the way Wendell ran. I think it's something he needed to show. Uh, he looked like he belonged. I thought he ran hard. I thought he hit the holes, even on a couple of the early runs that he didn't get yards. thought he hit the, he read the holes, hit the holes uh, hard, uh, some good cutbacks, and, and ran tough after the initial contact. I, I like what I saw from Smallwood. I can remember Smallwood telling me last week when I'm chatting with him in his locker, I have to approach every day like I'm about to get cut. And I thought tonight that's exactly the way he played. I like the way he hit the holes up the middle. I like the way he churned out and got a few extra yards after the initial contact. I love the way he, way he ran to the outside. 
I'm seeing a different Wendell Smallwood than I saw in 2017. He doesn't want to just be that fourth back. He said he wants to be that back that whenever Doug Peterson or Mike Groh calls him, that they know they, they can depend on him in any situation, whether it's the run, the pass, or the blocking. And right now, Wendell Smallwood has been playing all three phases exceedingly better than I've ever seen him play. Yeah, and the big thing for him has been staying healthy. It's something he's never been able to do. And I had a long talk with him uh, at his locker about that back at the Novacare Center, and he said, you know, I had to learn – how to not just rehab when I got hurt, but how to handle myself, how to take care of myself, how to eat right, how to sleep right, uh, how, to, how to do preventative uh, rehab so I wasn't getting hurt. And he's been able to do that. And I think the biggest thing he's shown, like you said, he's run well, he's caught the ball well, he's blocked well. Yeah. But he stayed healthy. And, Absolutely. And he's got to prove. And they put him through a lot. There's some practices where they don't have a whole lot of running backs, and he gets a lot of reps. Yes. And he's, he pops back up after every one. He hasn't missed a rep. He hasn't missed a snap. And the combination of production and staying healthy, I think, gives him a pretty good chance to stick on the roster. Uh, any of the other running backs, obviously, Pumphrey and, and uh, you know, didn't play. Uh, Matt Jones, another rough day for him. I, I tweeted – during the game, can we just write the eulogy for Matt Jones now? That's a shame. Nice kid, um, but it's just not happening for him. I, I, I can't get over the fact that this guy's 6'2", 240 pounds, and one of the first times he touched the ball, he got popped, but he didn't get hit that hard. He fumbles the football. Last week he had three drops. He had a fumble early on in this game. Um, I, I know he's doing what he can, but for whatever reason, it's just not working out here for Matt Jones with the Philadelphia Eagles. Josh Adams had a couple nice runs. I still think he's earmarked for the practice squad. Uh, really? I do. You said on a pregame live when we, you and I were chatting that you felt the Eagles might look at another running back who gets cut by some other team. I think Josh Adams can be that number five running back. If they keep five running backs. Well, they're not keeping five running backs. I don't know. It depends on what their needs are. Because your first three running backs are kind of nicked up. Okay, so you may keep him by default. Now, Doug Peterson has said he's given some of his frontline players extended rest. I get that. But you're talking about Ajayi with his so-called lower body injury. Now, we don't know how serious that is. Corey Clement is nicked up. Darren Sproles, he's good to go. But I, Josh might make this team by default. I'm not saying that he won't be on the practice squad. I'm not disagreeing with you. But I think he has the capability of helping this team. I think if you're going to keep five running backs, that fifth guy's got to be a demon on special teams. I'm not True. sure that's where Josh Adams is. I don't think, he, I don't think it's possible on a 53-man roster to keep five. But uh, I do think they'll keep him in the building on the practice squad. Uh, DeAndre Carter, man, this kid just keeps showing up. The wide receiver, uh, it's interesting because he came in late. He, he wasn't here for OTAs, yep. wasn't here for the summer. Yep. Uh, he, he signed the third day, I think it was June 20, uh, July 28th, and then practiced the next day. So he missed three full days of training camp. Uh, and that's hard to do. You come in behind. You don't know the coaches. You don't know what their expectations are. You don't know the quarterbacks they haven't thrown to you. Uh, so often we see those guys come in late, and they never make an impact. Uh, it's really a, uh, it's a lot to ask of a young kid. And he's come in all three games. He's made big plays. And I, I think the kid's a player. I agree he's a player, but this is his fifth team in, what, three years? Yes, it is. He's never made a 53. No, he's not. Unfortunately for him here, it's a numbers game. If he makes this team, it has to be in a special teams capacity. Now, he was back on what? Punt returns in this game. To start the game. To start the game. And he had uh, two, two punt returns for 29 yards. He caught two fair catches. Um, I think the kid can play in the league. I just think in this particular case, 
he may be the odd man out because of all the other guys that you, you're committed to here. I think, I think he makes the team. Really? I do. I'm not going to disagree with you. I like what I've seen. When they got this kid, I'm like, who is he? And all he's done is go out there, give everything that he has, and he's made some plays for this team. I think he can play. I think he can help this team. I don't know if the numbers add up in his favor. You know what I really was – I was really confident in the kid. There was a play in the – I think it was in the Pittsburgh game, actually, the first, the first week where uh, there was a ball – Sudfeld threw a ball behind him yeah. a little bit. Do you remember that play? Yep. And he kind of reached behind him and made it – he kind of sure. adjusted his body and caught the ball in traffic. I was like – kind of opened my eyes and he hasn't stopped making plays uh i like the kid it's kind of weird to see david Aker's number out there running patterns <laughs> but uh, i got like eight all these texts from people like you know why is david Aker's out there playing it's you know <laughs> the guy wore number two here forever but uh i it's a great story i mean deandre carter um you know his dave zangaro had a great story i mean his 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 wish his his final words to his his brother who's dying were I'm not going to stop until I make the NFL yeah. and yep. um, he's playing like he means it yeah. and yeah. it's uh, I, I, you can't help root for a kid like that. Those are the feel good stories, man. Uh, those are the kind of stories where you hope the guy, even if it's for one moment in time, you, even if it's not for a long duration in terms of a career, if he could just fulfill that wish for his brother, man, what a great ending to a, a very tragic story in a lot of ways. Let's finish up. Give me one guy you thought uh, really helped himself today. Uh, one guy who hurt himself. Uh, any anybody I, come to mind? I, I think it's very simple. We've talked about him. Um, I think Wendell Smallwood solidified his status with this team, uh, and I think Matt Jones. It's a matter of days before Matt Jones is on his way out. Plain and simple. I like Devontae Matt Maddox. I love and that kid. That kid's come so yeah. far. Uh, fourth round, they have so many young cornerbacks. Yeah, they do. I mean, it's really an embarrassment of riches. And now you would have liked to see him get that pick, uh, take it to the house. Yeah. He got caught from behind, and I'm sure that's going to be a tough film to watch. But uh, <laughs> it, it's just the fact that he's out there competing with Sidney Jones, and I think Sidney's going to win that job, uh, the slot. But the, Avante's, he's out there you know, holding his own in that battle, and that's a lot to ask of a rookie. I, I've been impressed with him. I, I can't. I can't say it enough when Joe Douglas told me a few weeks ago the thing they liked most about this kid was his ability to play man for man in coverage, his lateral movement, his quick twitch in terms of moving and functioning in traffic, and I, the, especially the way he anticipated that pick tonight. I thought it was a perfect example of what Joe was talking about in terms of what this kid, his makeup speed, number one, his ability to cover one-on-one, anticipation of the ball. I think those are all things that this that that this team is looking for. Corey Unlin, in particular. Now, obviously, he makes some rookie mistakes, but who doesn't? But a kid has natural ability, and he can make up. I tell you what, he has so much ability, he makes up for his size with all of the abilities. You know what? I might even go so far as to say he reminds me of a, a young Pac-Man Jones. I was going to say Brandon Boykin. Okay, Brandon Boykin. Yeah. Well, when Brandon Boykin was here, after Brandon left here, his career was downhill. No, but no, you're but right. just you know when he was first here and he was yes. healthy and yes. you know because he played bigger than his size. That's a good he comparison. Was, he was so athletic. Sure. Um, yeah, and and as far as a guy who I was, I've been disappointed in. Chance, how many guards would have to get hurt for Chance Warmack to play? Wow. I think Jerry Hines is higher in the depth chart than Chance Warmack right now. Jerry Hines is our award-winning photographer. He'll tell you that himself time and time again. <laughs> um, but Chance Warmack, um, I don't know if he's going to make the team this year. He's not making the team. You don't think so? No. I don't think he's going to make the team. Because, how does he go from being a starter with the Tennessee Titans for, what, four years? 
He comes here. Because he wasn't very good. And he can barely get on the football field. Yeah, he's terrible. And when he gets on the field, he does more negatives than positives. I don't get it. That's why the Titans are the Titans. <laughs> All those teams. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for the Rube Nose slash Eagle Eye podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Gunner, it's been fun. Likewise. Let's it's a little late, but fun. I don't even want to look at what time it is. I can't tell you, man. I don't want to disappoint you too much. All right. What, what time are you flying home? Tomorrow, uh, Friday, we fly home at 1 o'clock. Get home at 2.30. And, of course, uh, Barrett Brooks and I will be on the Friday edition of Quick Slants as we recap all of the pluses and even more so the minuses of this third preseason game of the season. Thanks for listening, everybody, to the post-game edition of Eagle Eye and Rube Nose. Please subscribe and rate our podcasts wherever you go to listen to podcasts. We'll see you next week. Have a great night, everyone. Thanks for listening to Rube Knows on NBC Sports Philadelphia. Remember to subscribe to Rube Knows wherever you listen to podcasts.